it, how long have we been doing this show? You're listening to The Wrestling Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It's episode 182. It's the second week of December, 2018. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, so much to talk about this week. Uh, and so much we can't talk about. WWE has a pay-per-view coming up this weekend with 12 matches on it. <laughs> I cannot believe this. A dozen. An even dozen. And that's, you know, if they like to announce, like, you know, like the Thursday before the card or the Friday before the card, they announce a pre-show match on social media. So God only knows how many shows matches are actually going to be on this show by the time uh, it gets started on Sunday. But yeah. Are, are you excited for TLC? No. <laughs> All right. Neither am I. <laughs> um, Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> that's right. Um, so let's just talk about this show. We'll talk about Ron Smackdown this week as we preview TLC here. I don't necessarily think that the listener needs to hear a breakdown of events that happened like three days ago now as, <laughs> as they're listening to this, but sure. as the organic conversation uh, comes, you know, it's a free flowing conversation. Correct. It, it occasionally touches on mature topics. Sure. Absolutely. So we are going to probably end up touching on what was a very bizarre Monday night raw and a SmackDown that I thought was just the, <laughs> the drizzling S. <laughs> This week, <laughs> um, Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio are having a chairs match. <laughs> a chairs match. By the way, these guys wrestled each other in a three-way with the birthday boy, 50-year-old Kurt Angle, at WrestleMania almost 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Feuding now on SmackDown, and they are getting like, Randy Orton gets like eight minutes of promo time every week. <laughs> For this to build this, and then he feud. usually wrestles after that too. Why are we? Why are we doing this? Because, why? <laughs> because he's Randy Orton, and Randy Orton needs a big program, and there's no other baby faces available for him that he hasn't already wrestled. Well, all right, that's that's an explanation. And for sure. and if we have to cool off Rey Mysterio the second he gets in the door. Just so Randy has somebody to be a heel with, well, by God, we got to do that. I just realized that the mix match challenge uh, final is happening right now, and uh, semifinals, finals oh, will be on Sunday, right? So we don't know who Jinder and Alicia are wrestling yet, but I assume it'll be Carmella and Truth. I mean, that would make sense just because uh, the other people. I mean, well, at least Asuka has a match, so. It would make sense. Yeah. Uh, but so that match is happening uh, on Sunday as well. Ginger and Alicia <laughs> with the Singh brothers against presumably Carmel and R-Truth. 
Uh, the next match challenge, like everybody in this thing, like dropped like flies. I feel like this tournament has been going on since the Clinton administration. It's been a while. I don't Somehow know. Somehow this one started before the first mixed match challenge did. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that sounds right to me. Uh, Buddy Murphy is wrestling Cedric Alexander for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Hunter's booking the Cruiserweights, so I assume the heel champion will retain here. Yes, clean with his move, I would guess. In the middle of the ring, yeah? Yeah. Uh, Natty versus Ruby Riot in a tables match. Jim the Anvil Nightheart may or may not... <laughs> there may or may not be a fat head of Jim the Anvil Nightheart plastered on the table that they put uh, Ruby through, which would be weird, uh, <laughs> on, on Sunday. Um, they did a segment on Raw where Natalia cut a promo that appeared to be not uh, completely organic, but it seemed to me maybe it was kind of bullet points. Um, I feel I felt like on Raw and a little bit on SmackDown, SmackDown seemed a little more heavily scripted this week, but it seemed like they were trying some stuff on Raw, and it seemed to me like there were some people that had bullet point promos, and Natty was one of them. But anyway, Natty cut a promo, and then Ruby Riot came out and uh, unveiled <laughs> they're using Natty's dad's death in an angle. And part of me is like, well, this is the Carney Hart family. I'm sure they would have it no other way. But part of me was still like, this is distasteful. Um, is, does this even register to you as, um, you know, a disgusting promotional tactic here in 2018? I mean, it it is. And I don't want to lose sight of the fact that it's bad to use people's deaths in pro wrestling angles. And it always has been. But yeah, it kind of seems like it's old hat at this point. Like, I mean, whose death in the last few years that they could use have they not used? Um, it's I don't I don't know, man. Like it's it's weird. I Ruby had a line in her promo where she's like, "After I'm gonna smash you through this table, and then you'll be closer to your father than ever before." And I was like, "Is she threatening to kill Natalia?" Yeah, I don't think whoever wrote that realize that that's the way it was going to sound. I thought they were just they were just referencing like the weird fat head of a table and I also I think too, so too. But I, yeah, I thought it sounded pretty fatalistic. Just a weird, I don't know. I like there is something to that and like I hope Natty wins so at least like <laughs> she gets to you know point up to the sky at the end of the match and Whatever, but I don't know. There's some line in that promo about how Ruby Riot broke those sunglasses because she wanted <laughs> to destroy Jim Neidhart's like the great legacy that Jim the Anvil Neidhart has <laughs> in World Wrestling Entertainment. Um, no, that's 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 unfair. He's he was a tag champion and a memorable character, of course, and obviously, but his daughter is like why his name's still mentioned. Exactly, because he was he was a character on Total Divas. Right. And, and like, I'm sure, like, as you said, I'm sure in, to a certain extent, it might even, you know, tickle, <laughs> would have tickled his fancy to be, you know, to be a character on Raw even after his death. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just weird. All I could think about when Nanny guaranteed victory for her dad was the, you know, Bulldog cutting the promo. Valent. <laughs> Vowing to win the European title. <laughs> for his from, sister. Yes, for his sister who's dying of cancer. <laughs> and then Sean 
Sean winning the title. <laughs> Sean won by submission, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> in his home country. <laughs> yes. Everything in modern wrestling is Shawn Michaels' fault, by the way. That's, I'd just like to reiterate that point. That's how Brett ends his book. <laughs> I mean, that's... He's, and like with most things, Bret Hart is not wrong. <laughs> it was a decade. I mean, it was a decade ago before he made up with WWE, but it's like everything bad in wrestling is Sean and Hunter's fault. They ruined everything. <laughs> That's like the way his wrestling story ends. <laughs> and he turns out he was right. So, so uh, that Bret just... wasn't right when he said Molina was the best wrestler in the world, but most other times, Bret Hart is right about a lot of stuff. Bret wasn't thinking with his brain. <laughs> Brett, much like Mick Foley, Brett suffered a lot of head trauma in mm. his career and went through a phase where he was really, really into women's wrestling. Um, but he appears to be on the other side of that now. <laughs> Someone told him, hey, you're being creepy. Knock it off. Pro- probably so. <laughs> probably so. Uh, the Bar are wrestling the New Day and the Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. <laughs> So we did a rap battle on SmackDown this week, which uh-huh. it didn't do anything for me. You know, you had Sheamus and Cesaro doing the white guys trying to rap thing. And, you know, it, by wrestling comedy standards, standards, it was like incredible. But by, <laughs> a, by actual comedy standards, it was just, yeah. Um, and honestly, I didn't, I didn't know what the Usos were trying to rap. I'm, I'm not sure. I've never really been to a rap battle, but, it didn't strike me that anyone really in this rap battle was actually rapping. Sure. And, and anyway, so the segment ended with the bar posing with the title belts. And honest to God, until I looked it up uh, in preparation for this program, I, I could not have told you who the SmackDown tag team champions <laughs> were. I thought they were posing with the belts because they were like threatening to win them from the Usos or something on Sunday. Mm. Nope, they're the champs. I think they won them, if you remember correctly, remember when Big Show just came back for like three weeks? Yeah. I think he helped them win the titles from somebody. And then, I don't don't even know what (laughs) happened to the Big Show. I I know they shot something, but I didn't watch SmackDown that week. So, and they haven't talked about it. (laughs) We're supposed to forget. (laughs) Well, I guess whoever's writing the show has already forgotten, so we can forget too. Elias is wrestling Bobby Lashley oh. in a ladder match where a guitar will be suspended above the ring. And the first person to retrieve the guitar can use it as a weapon. This is straight out of 2000 WCW. It really is, it, is isn't it? Is it not? It like, is. <laughs> Do you remember it, it, at a show that you and I went to together in 2011 when Triple H and Kevin Nash had a sledgehammer ladder match. Yes. How could I forget? And like, it wasn't the worst match I've ever seen, but it, it wasn't was, good. No, it was not good. It, it got was, over, it got over to the live crowd. Cause Nash was playing baby face. <laughs> He's <laughs> doing his two sweets. Yes. And every, everybody, everybody's always going to pop for the Wolfpack music. Yes. And they were into the crowd was into the nostalgia of seeing Hunter and Nash, but the match itself was kind of the shits. <laughs> yes, but it just that was the last time I remember WWE doing a ladder match where just a thing was hanging above the ring. Yeah, and I guess you just you get the guitar and then 
you just can use the guitar. Right, like, but then what? What's to stop the other guy from just taking the guitar away from? That's why these. Which, that's which that's is what's going to happen. By the that's way. why pole matches are stupid. <laughs> because yeah. you, you don't win if you retrieve the item from the pole. You just get to use it. <laughs> and it's like, well, what's to stop the other guy from using it too? You just get to use it first. Right. So stupid. Yes. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this show? I mean, I suppose it's. <laughs> As Craig Ferguson says at the start of every week, how long have we been doing this show? <laughs> um, oh man, I don't know. I, I get look. I think this is better than if they tried to make me watch a Bob Lashley versus Elias wrestling match. Um, so I'll take the silver lining where I can. At least I'll get to use plunder. I guess that's fair. We'll have to see whether the verdict, I think, is still out on whether or not this is going to actually make the match better. Well, you know what the match would be? It would be a, like, developmental match where Bobby Roode, or Bob Lashley <laughs> would squeeze Elias, Elias <laughs> would do his two moves as his comeback, and then they'd do their finish. I really like Elias as a character, but I think both those guys suck in the ring. They're not... I don't like. I saw Elias struggle to have a good match with Seth Rollins, and I've seen <laughs> Seth Rollins have good matches with Jinder Mahal. So, what's yeah. the last good Bobby Lashley match you saw? Uh, maybe that match with John Cena at the Great American Bash in two thousand. In two thousand seven, yes, yes, same, same. <laughs> <laughs> it's been eleven years since I saw a good Bobby Lashley match. I mean, it's not like. I mean, I know people liked his character in TNA, but I don't remember anybody raving about his in-ring work. No, everybody's like, oh, he figured out how to be a promo. <laughs> like, cool. <laughs> right. About time. And now they, now they have somebody talking for him on Raw. Right. Whatever. Moving on. <laughs> Finn Balor versus Drew McIntyre. Speaking of guys <laughs> who I haven't seen have a good match in a long time. Drew McIntyre. Doesn't check all the boxes for me. Like you look at the guy and and you think, okay, this should this should translate to big professional wrestling star. And we even talked about it on the show last week. His promo work has actually been pretty good the last couple of weeks. Agreed. Like, like main event guy promo work, which is really important to, in uh, WWE when they script fifteen minute promos to start every show. <laughs> I, th- I I just think Drew's bland. <laughs> He's too yeah. bland. He's too bland. And like everybody on the show is bland to a degree, which is why no one's over <laughs> except Becky Lynch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who was kind of bland and then broke out of it or and the fans and her made something organically. <laughs> but aside from that, I think everybody on the show is kind of bland. <laughs> and Drew especially so. So yeah. anyway, he's, he's going to squash Finn on Sunday. Yes, he is. Uh, yeah, it's one of those things where, like, the announcers go so overboard telling you what a big, like, what a stud this guy is and how he's a star and how he's the next big thing. And, like, they, I mean, they did it from the day he got back in NXT all the way to now. And, yeah, I think he's he can be in that mix he can work with the top guy, but he ain't like he's not top long term top guy material. Like he doesn't interest me enough to be that type of character. We may have discussed this last week. Who can remember? But 
it's very clear. Obviously, they're grooming him for a one uh, a top a top position. I yes. have not I have not been able to figure out if it's top babyface or top heel, especially with the word leaking that Seth is supposed to wrestle Brock at WrestleMania. I assume that's going to be for the Universal Title because I don't see Strowman going into WrestleMania as champion. Um, so I think Brock is going to wrestle Seth for the Universal Title. At He's going to beat Braun again. I think so. <laughs> I really think so. Do you see Strowman going into a WrestleMania as champ? No, I don't. I just hadn't considered <laughs> the fact that that means that Braun's going to lose again. <laughs> so I mean, I'm sure that you know they'll do something screwy, and whoever screws Braun will wrestle him at Mania or something. But sure, like you know, whatever they're going to do. But um, I assume that that means Seth is wrestling Brock, and the fact that Seth keeps mentioning Brock in all his promos. Well, clearly they're going to do that match at some point. So if Seth's going to win the title, then then Seth is going to be the babyface. So then Drew, I guess, is going to be a heel unless they put him on the other brand as top babyface. So I haven't been able to figure out: is Drew going to be a babyface or a heel? Uh, yeah. I mean, I I get the feeling at least for the next year or so he's a heel. Um, but. I mean, long term, who? Yeah, who? Who really knows? If you move, if you decide you want to move AJ to Raw and have him be like number two behind Seth, uh, or number three, whatever, and then you, yeah, I guess you could move Drew over to SmackDown and have him be a top guy there. But yeah, it's 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 sort of up in the air right now. But yeah, my I mean, my feeling as early as it is now, and of course, a billion things could change. But yeah, my feeling is at least for right now, they they want him to be that that top heel. Uh, Becky Lynch is obviously cleared because she was taking bumps on SmackDown this week. Um, Charlotte and Asuka wrestled on the main event of SmackDown. They had a pretty good TV match, I would say. Nowhere near the WrestleMania match. Um, but anyway. A triple threat uh, TLC match for the SmackDown Women's title on Sunday. The fact that Charlotte went nuts with a kendo stick and Asuka was the one standing tall over both Becky and Charlotte as SmackDown ended this week. I came to the conclusion that Becky is not losing the title Sunday. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, she doesn't have to. Um, I mean, then God, God knows what they're going to do uh, over the next few months with Becky and Charlotte and Ronda. But I mean, they can. They you know can what figure they, that out. You know what they want to do. I know what they want to do. <laughs> That's Charlotte versus Ronda. Yeah. But uh, you know, whatever, whenever they decide to do that, can they can always you know do that at the Rumble or start planning for that at the Rumble. Um, you don't have like I mean, obviously the scenario we talked about earlier this year was you know, Becky losing the belt here and then winning the, the women's rumble and just challenging Ronda. But of course that's a scenario where they want Becky Lynch to wrestle Ronda at WrestleMania. And that's yeah. clearly not the case. So <laughs> we'll see. Just depends whether or not they fear that the fans will crap all over uh, WrestleMania like they did the year, but they had to put Daniel Bryan in the main event. <laughs> Those ungrateful fans refused to watch Randy Orton and Batista wrestle. It's going to be the biggest main event of all time. <laughs> That's the moment, by the way, where you shove Vince McMahon in an old folk's home and tell him you're not allowed to book wrestling no more. 
He was late to Raw last week because he was visiting his 98-year-old mother. Uh, what if Vince is in charge for 25 more years? Isn't that, like, terrifying? <laughs> yes! His mind's going to keep getting worse. It's incredible. Uh, so we've talked about the SmackDown women, uh, Ronda versus Nia for the Raw women's title. I don't know why you have to beat Ronda or Becky before Mania. Just do champion versus champion. Who cares? Right. Like, I mean, it's not like there's some clear-cut challenger on either Raw or SmackDown that needs to get that title match in Mania, right? Exactly. Like, I, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> it's fake. You can do whatever you want. Stop. Let's not make this overly complicated. No one has to drop a title. <laughs> Don't don't beat Becky, don't beat Ronda before Mania, and then do the match. Yeah. Uh, I do suspect that Ronda will beat Nia on Sunday, but also if you want to do a screw job and you know cost Ronda, you know, give Ronda her first loss just so you don't have to deal with that pesky uh, unbeaten thing <laughs> and deal with, you know, the bothersome problem of booking an undefeated champion. <laughs> What is everyone's fascination with beating their undefeated people? <laughs> like, don't ever beat them. They had to beat Drew so that Drew could beat Dolph the following well, week. I wanted to bring that up. Which were you more offended by? The fact that they rendered uh, Dolph's win last week absolutely meaningless or Dolph's promo before the match? Because I personally was more offended by his promo. I mean, I'm always a fan of Dolph Ziggler losing and getting beat up. So I was kind of okay with the match <laughs> but yes his promo before where he basically said i'm a tweener <laughs> like i yeah i want to stupid man a stupid face don't cheer me or boo me <laughs> <laughs> make Please. no noise when i enter the arena <laughs> sit silently <laughs> <laughs> what terrible instincts what an idiot He's been in the wrestling business for like 15 years. Yeah. What is wrong with him? You know, he wants to be a cool tweener character because it's, it's oh. 1997 and oh. he thinks he's Shawn Michaels. Oh, <laughs> tell you what, man. <laughs> That's You know how every time he hits a super kick and he does the thing where Shawn, when he was like exhausted at the end of the match would, yes. like, fall backwards onto the guy for the pin. Yes. But Dolph just does it every single time he hits a super kick. Yes. Because Dolph doesn't understand why Shawn Michaels did things. Yes. He just wants to do the same thing Shawn Michaels did. Yes. Dolph Ziggler just... sucks, everybody, and he always has. I just want to yeah. point it out that I knew he sucked before anyone else was ready to say it. You knew, like, ten years ago that he sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Even before everybody was like, oh, he's great. Like, <laughs> you're like, whatever you want to say about Vince McMahon's eye for talent, he knew exactly <laughs> where to slot Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> you know what? He, yep, he got that one right. Good, good, good solid hand. At, well, at the time. <laughs> good sure. solid hand. Mid-card slash upper mid-card. Don't, don't put the title on him ever. Nope. <laughs> uh, the Mixed Match Challenge is official, by the way. Uh, it is, in fact, Truth and Carmella against whoever they're wrestling. <laughs> Bailey and Apollo Crews, naturally. Uh, no, Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox. Naturally. Obviously. 
Obviously. How could so I two of those people are going to be the number 30s in their respective Royal Rumbles. Yeah. Yeah. That's something else right there. I mean, I suppose they could have R-Truth win it, and then he like just gives his number 30 to somebody else yeah, in a I comedy could... segment. Yeah, let's completely render that meaningless, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> um. So I guess the top uh, Raw title being defended, we'll get to the other Raw match on the show in a minute, but the top Raw title being defended, arguably, is the Intercontinental title with Seth against Dean. I thought for sure they were going to, they were going to beat <laughs> Seth <laughs> on Raw on Monday. They had everything set up to get the Intercontinental title off Seth so that he can go after the Universal Championship. Although, again, why not just do title for title? <laughs> and, Maybe they will. And, you know, hey, great, awesome. And then, you know, you can either have Seth defend both belts or make him drop one of them like Warrior. Again, but it's fake. You can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. But so Seth and Dean for the Intercontinental title and then the other Raw match at TLC is Baron Corbin and Braun Strowman in a TLC match. Heard that Strowman wasn't cleared, then heard that Strowman was cleared. And obviously, if Braun wins, he gets Brock at the Rumble. If Corbin wins, he's the full-time general manager of Raw. This is as good a place as any to talk about the weird show that Raw was on Monday. <laughs> it was like this weird mix of a little bit of babyface happiness and Vince insulting him himself for booking Raw terribly. And mm-hmm. it was like late, late WCW breaking the fourth wall stuff and and still with a bunch of heel beatdowns. And I honestly wasn't that offended by Raw on Monday. I know a lot of people seem to think it was like this horrible S show, and I don't think it was that bad. <laughs> but, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's what? It could only possibly have been like the worst <laughs> Raw in the last two weeks or something, right? Well, admittedly, the bar is low. Uh, but... I was just uh, happy that, you know, we got a couple babyface wins. Sure. And, uh, but really the most offensive thing about Raw to me was the fact that the premise of Seth's promo that opened the show was Baron Corbin sucks. And then I think, I, I wish I kept count of how many times they said Baron Corbin's name uh, during Raw on Monday. It had to be in the hundreds. I watched like, one hour of Raw on Monday. I watched the nine o'clock hour. And they must have said it 50 times in that hour. So it's not an exaggeration. No, they talked because he's somehow involved in like every storyline. So like they had to talk about him when they recapped the tag titles changing hands. They had to talk about him with the Heath Slater being the ref thing. They had to talk about him because he appointed Alexa Bliss uh, the, the GM of the women's division. So it's like they're just constantly mentioning him during every match, every segment, every angle, and then also recapping and doing hype for the main event. He's he's just like at least the people react. I don't think their intentions are pure, but they react when Alexa comes out. Mm. And obviously they must have some data that, uh, you know, they, they obviously WWE internally still gets quarter hour rating ratings breakdowns. Um Obviously, they think she must move ratings if they are putting her in a prominent position on television week after week. Although they've done the same thing with Baron Corbin, and then (laughs) clearly that's not the case with him. But uh, Corbin's just... Breaking news here. Corbin is really the dirt worst. It's like... 
He was a guy who seemed like he had a ceiling as a mid-card heel when he was in NXT. And they brought him up, and for his first year, he was a mid-card heel on SmackDown. And he wasn't great, but he wasn't, like, offensively terrible either. And then they shaved his head for no reason, and they put him in a vest and slacks. <laughs> made him wrestle in it. And made him, re- <laughs> and made him the GM who also <laughs> wrestles every week. So we get double. So like, okay, it's like the idea was, well, he's not good in the ring, but we think he's a good promo. It's like, no, because they still made him wrestle all the time. So we just got like triple the Baron Corbin because he also had to be in 15 talking segments as the GM. What in in what universe is he a good promo though? Like, I I don't know. <laughs> like, he's obviously very tall. Like, can you imagine? Like, Vince McMahon must have been like the easiest man in the world to date. Like, he just had to be like physically impressive, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're in with him. Yeah, <laughs> like it's unbelievable. Like that's the, the only thing Corbin has. Is his height and the fact that he kind of moves okay for a big guy? <laughs> yeah, he moves like Big Boss Man. <laughs> I think that's an insult to Boss Man. I think that's Boss Man was, fair. was a much better. He moves pro- like 1999 Big Boss Man. Well, that's yeah, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> it was tough for Boss Man there at the end. But yeah, a lot of years, a lot of bumps. <sighs> All right. So anyway, <laughs> so they cut this. They had Seth cut a promo where Baron was the stand-in for Vince, and he talked about how everybody's miserable and the show sucks. Yeah. Ratings are at an all-time low. Ratings are at an all-time low. Fan support, a locker room morale. Everybody's miserable. Even though they have this widely talented, wildly talented roster, everybody's miserable and the show sucks. And it's all your fault. And, of course, he's pointing at Baron instead of Vince. But it did, as you pointed out, seem like it's something of a self-aware, like the old Vince McMahon when, say, house show attendance was down or pay-per-view buys were down, he would be able to look himself in the mirror and go, hey, the product I'm putting on is not putting butts in seats. It's not getting people to part with their money. So I need to change. Right? Right. So the, so the that, whole Lex Luger thing, although you could argue that he self-sabotaged with Luger, but <laughs> regardless. Yes, a little bit. But, okay. But so, so, like, okay, it seems like, okay, but we're saying, hey, Baron Corbin's been all over the show. The show has sucked. And so their solution was to build to a main event with Baron Corbin, the guy (laughs) you have just pointed out sucks and is on the show too much. And I don't know if you saw the Raw ratings. It was uh, the second hour was the lowest second hour in history. (laughs) And the third hour was one of the lowest hours, period, in history. So... Yeah, people didn't stick around for a Baron Corbin main event, even though it was a TLC match also featuring Seth Rollins. <sighs> and now he's going to wrestle Braun Strowman on Sunday. Not great. You think he'd do an actual match, or does... Because with 12 matches, I and Strowman probably, you know, coming off elbow surgery, God only knows what he can physically do. I would just, you know, have him come out, throw Corbin through a table, and then climb the ladder and get the thing and that's it yes correct that's the end <laughs> and seth and dean well you know dean's wacky uncle dino again <laughs> does it matter if he loses like i feel like dean's kind of dead if he loses but 
I also don't feel like I care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't like what's. I don't know. Just let him tread water for a few months. You can ship him to SmackDown, and he can go be a, a you know a number two heel on that show. Like, I don't know. I don't like. I as you pointed out, I don't want to see Seth Rollins lose if he's going to be the one challenging Brock Lesnar, and I certainly don't want to see him lose to this cold as hell, lame Dean Ambrose character. Yeah. All right. Uh, AJ Styles will wrestle the new Daniel Bryan. (laughs) Tom Tom Phillips on SmackDown had to apologize for referring to him just as Daniel Bryan. He corrected himself and said, the new Daniel Bryan. (laughs) Excuse me, the new Daniel Bryan. (laughs) Not to be confused with the new sensation, uh, Neville. (laughs) Or the real Brock Lesnar. Correct. Brock Lesnar's heel turn. Until like 2003. (laughs) I just love, as you pointed out last week, that when you can tell it's just a pure Vince thing, like the almighty Bobby Lashley. Yep. Yep. It's got it's got his fingerprints all all over it. (laughs) So Daniel Bryan wrestled uh, Mustafa Ali on SmackDown this week. Part of me is like, well, part of me is excited to see a great match. Part of me is excited that the 205 Live guys, they realized, hey, we could put them on Raw and SmackDown too. But then part of me is like, well, if they're just going to have these guys come on the shows to job to the stars, I don't know that that's the worst idea, actually, because nobody's watching 205 Live anyway. (laughs) So, and and you need jobbers. (laughs) So why not? Yeah, and I mean, it was, I mean, they still let him get some offense. It wasn't like it was a total squash and yeah, I don't think it's. I mean, I guess they're all they're all like free agents because like the Lucha guys and Leo Rush are on Raw. Sure. Now Mustafa's been on SmackDown. So yeah, they, if they just like show up, or if you know they do like open challenges because they're lazy all the time. Um. So like you know if like I don't know if Cedric Alexander comes out to challenge Seth Rollins for the Intercontinental Title one week or something on Raw. Yeah, sure, great. Let them showcase what they can do a little bit and say, hey, if you like this guy's crazy athletic over-the-top style, go watch this show on the network. Please tell your friends about this show. Yeah. Brian and style and styles for the WWE title on Sunday. Brian just won the thing. I don't think it's time to beat him. Maybe you get like a AJ Shane Miz angle or something. I don't know. To set up some <laughs> By the way, Shane and Miz wrestled as a tag team on SmackDown this week against two local guys from Las Vegas. Imagine if you're like an indie guy, you get called to SmackDown to be an extra, and you know for like your hundred dollar guarantee, or yeah. as the old phrase goes, the hot dog in a handshake. <laughs> and then they're like, "Okay, by the way, um, you're gonna wrestle the boss's son, and he's gonna potato the hell out of you." <laughs> as you referred to him on Twitter, the boss's large adult son. <laughs> Correct. You're going to wrestle the boss's large adult son who's <laughs> going to wrestle in jeans and shoes that cost more than your house. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Imagine. Imagine. He's going to anyway. break your nose. Yeah. Any uh, title change on Sunday there or no? No, I think I think Brian's going to keep the title. Like, it's not, it, like, super clear to me what, like, a mania direction is for the top guys on SmackDown at this time. So <laughs> I don't think it's clear to them either. <laughs> It does. I, like, I don't know. Like, I, so I like. I don't know. Like, like the only match that stands out to me that they could do is like Brian and Ray. Interesting. So, 
So and I, I don't know if they would deem that worthy of a you know two little guys wrestling for the heavyweight championship at WrestleMania. I don't know if they'd if they'd be okay with that. But since they are already doing the AJ Bryan rematches, it doesn't seem like that can possibly last all the way to Mania. So yeah, I mean, I guess you could always do a multi man thing, but it seems like for the top titles, they like to usually keep it in singles matches. So we'll see, I guess. But yeah, I assume Bryan's keeping it for a while either way. Good times. That's the TLC show. There is a chairs match. There is a ladder match. There's TLC matches. There's no stairs match. There's no steel stairs match, as as we are often remember uh, remember the 2014 TLC and S event, where <laughs> it was Big Show and Eric Rowan, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah. And they just whipped each other into, into these metal <laughs> stairs, and it looked like it sucked. And they worked really hard, and it <laughs> still was a terrible match. But speaking of stairs matches, Ethan, yeah. I was reminded of a story you once told on this show, and it's been a couple of years now, so I think it's, it's time to retell it. Uh, you once had a shoot stairs match, uh, and I'd like you to retell that story if you don't mind. Sure. It's been, now, it's been, it's been a little while since I've actually thought about this. So. <laughs> If if I get any details wrong, I, I apologize. But so it was about two years ago, almost probably to the week. Um, I was living in an apartment house with uh, three roommates. It was a bad deal, <laughs> but uh, I couldn't afford to live in the neighborhood that I wanted to live in unless I had like multiple roommates. Sure. So I got into this apartment house deal where we had common areas. Everyone had their own room <laughs> with their, you know, big lot in with their locked door and all that stuff. So 99.99% of the time, uh, when I went to sleep, I locked my door. Uh, just, you know, I generally trusted everyone that I lived with, but I just, just out of habit, I would lock my door. Sure. So one, one night, the point oh one percent of the time that I didn't lock my door. Um like it's like I don't know, one thirty in the morning or something. And I lived with um two guys and a girl. Um the one guy who was the prominent figure in this story <laughs> um was a Ukrainian guy described himself to me at, when responding to like a Craigslist ad um, <laughs> to to come be a roommate as a 23 year old boy, <laughs> that's how he described himself. Mm. I'm, and that's what he sounded like. I'm not like doing shit. Not to go too Vincent Man on you here, but what size was this boy? Uh, I'm like five ten and a half. He was taller. I would say 6'2", 6'1", 6'2", and about, uh, he was kind of lanky, maybe a, bu- a buck 70, something okay. like that. And I was, I'm 5'10 and a half, and I was probably a buck 70 at the time also. Okay. I'm, I'm not anymore. <laughs> he has a reach advantage. Significant, 
significant reach advantage. He may have had some weight on me too, because anyway, we ended up grappling. But uh, so it's it's one thirty, one forty five in the morning. I can never sleep anyway. I'm up all hours of the day and night all the time. I was uh, still awake. So and the door opens, and there's the twenty three year old boy standing there <laughs> in in my doorway, and I'm like, hey, what are you, what are you doing, man? So I have a like a hoodie on and pajama pants, <laughs> and, and he's like, "Hey!" And he's like, "Please, please, we have to leave this house." And I'm like, "No, no, man, we're like we're like in a lease for like four more months or whatever the deal mm-hmm. was. We're, we're not going anywhere." He's like, "No, please, we need to leave this house. It's going to be on fire." <laughs> oh, I'm like, "What? What are you trying to? What are you trying to tell me? Is there like a fire fire outside? What do you mean?" And he's like. Yes, yes, there's fire outside. You, you got to go. We got to go. We got to go. So he starts running around knocking on all the other roommates' doors. So I put on flip-flops. You know, I'm flip-flops, uh, pajama <laughs> pants, and a hoodie. So I grab my keys and my cell phone, and I go outside. And I'm looking. I'm like, no, man, there's no fire. I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, no, we got to go. There's a fire. So he runs back into the house, and he... Starts knocking on doors and he um, like kicks the girl's door open and tries to drag her out of the apartment, but he gave up uh, and he went to try to grab the other guy and he like pulled him out of bed and dragged him down a flight of stairs. (laughs) The guy like he like broke his ribs. So he lost his stairs match. He did. He had to shoot stairs match before I did. Uh, I had mine outdoors. <laughs> his was his was indoors. So he dragged him down one or two flights of stairs because he's like psychotic and he's he has suffered a psychotic break. <laughs> he was legitimately on supposed to be on uh, antipsychotic medications. And we would come to find out, mm. and he stopped taking his medicine. That's, so uh, that doesn't seem wise. No. No. So he was delusional. I don't know if he actually thought there was a fire or anyway. So he starts dragging people out of the house because so I'm still like standing outside in the yard. <laughs> like I'm hearing this commotion indoors. I'm like, I don't know what I got my keys and my phone on me. I'm like, I don't know what's going on, man. So he comes running out of the house after all this commotion. And he's like waving at me. He's like, run, run, run. It's, we we got to. I'm like, so to like appease him, I like start lightly, lightly trying like, okay, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a fire. So uh, we got to go. So I'm like lot, lightly trotting to appease him and try to get, and, you know, and I don't know how to survive this situation. I don't sure. know. What's, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm thinking, you know, he's clearly off his rocker, but, you know, whatever. So I think about getting in my car and driving. Driving away and like coming back later, right? I, I don't, I don't know what what. In hindsight, that probably would have been smart to try to get in my car and drive away. Yeah, and come back to the situation later. But I don't know. Um, so I'm like lightly jogging away from the house, and then he like runs up behind me and like hits me. He's like, no, run. And he like pushes. I'm like, okay, man, I'm going. So I'm like jogging. And then he runs up behind me and starts pushing me. He's like, no, run faster. We got to go. 
So I'm now just like running away from the house. This is in southeast Baltimore. It's in like a um it's a residential slash like bar district <laughs> mm-hmm. in southeast Baltimore. It's winter. It's two o'clock in the morning. And we're I'm running through the streets. It goes from lightly jogging away from the guy to like now I'm running I'm running away from the guy because he's hitting me anytime I let him catch up to me. So I'm I'm running, I'm sprint I'm on the phone with 911 as I'm trying to run away from the guy and I'm trying to explain, look, this guy is having some kind of um, mental health episode. He's chasing me through the streets and the 911 operator is trying to be helpful, but he's like, where are you? And I'm like, I can't tell you where I am. I'm running through the streets. <laughs> like, I know where I started from. I started running from point A, but now I'm somewhere, I don't know, <laughs> like blocks away from there. Right. I'm being chased. I'm being chased by a crazy person through the streets. So we're running through the bar district. It's like 2 a.m. Bars closed at 2 a.m. There's a couple of stragglers, but generally, you know, it's like some weeknight. Not a big, you know, bar crowd out. Right. A couple of stragglers. I like run by a car and I'm like trying to flag them down. I'm like, hey, man, like I'm being chased. And but they were like drunk driving. So they <laughs> mm. they I, they weren't paying attention to me. So eventually it's cold. I'm winded. the guy is apparently not winded yet i can i physically cannot run anymore i've run to the waterfront so (laughs) yes on on on, uh three sides of me or on one side of me is water one side of me is you know the direction i ran from the other two is like residential district so I'm running and I run out of breath and I run out of breath. I got no choice but to stop. I'm like, physically, I cannot run anymore. The guy catches up to me and he starts punching me because at this point, he's not trying to evade a fire or anything like that. He's having a mental health episode and he went from being angry or upset or at a fire to now he's angry at me. And he just starts throwing rights and lefts at me. And I'm like trying to cover up as best I can. And I made the decision. Uh, I'm not going to lose my keys. I have my, <laughs> still have my, my keys in my hand. Not going to lose my keys. And I'm not going to lose my teeth. It's <laughs> my favorite part of the story, by the way. <laughs> I, made that, I made that decision right away. I'm like, okay, whatever happens here, I'm not losing my teeth. I'm not losing my keys. So I let him grab my phone from me. I'm still on the phone with 911 as this, all this is happening. He grabs my phone and throws it under a car. Awesome. So now he's just, he's just, he's throwing rights and lefts at me. And I also, at some point, made the decision I'm not going to fight, I'm not going to fight him. One, <laughs> I've, been, I've been running for a lot of blocks. <laughs> Two, he's younger and bigger than me. And I, I've never really been in a fight. I'm probably not going to do real well against this guy. And sure. al- also he's, he's having a mental health episode and he's probably going to go past the barriers of, you know, <laughs> what you are willing to do in a fight. Exactly. 
So I'm like, I'm not going to fight back. Like, and I don't want to harm the guy because I'm thinking, you know, he's, he's sick. He's not like doing this because <laughs> anyway, I, I just decided I'm not, I'm not going to fight back. I'm not, I'm not going to fight him. I'm not going to lose my keys. I'm not going to lose my teeth. <laughs> so I let him punch me in the back. He hits me in the head, hits me in the arms, getting me all bruised up. We start grappling. <laughs> I start, we run <laughs> over to a stairwell. So we're like at street level. And there's a stairwell that leads down to like a basement entrance to this house or business or hotel or something. And we start um, grappling. I'm, I'm, he's done punching me now. Now he wants to wrestle. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're like in like a, a, a lockup. We're locking up, uh-huh. uh, like a collar and elbow tie-up. Such terrible psychology. Start <laughs> right? with the wild brawl and then go to the grappling. Exactly. Near some near this flight of stairs, correct? This, like flight of concrete stairs that goes goes down <laughs> goes down to a basement entrance, and I'm like, I do not want to go down those stairs. Like, it probably would not have been the worst thing that could have happened to me, but. I did not want to go down the stairs. Sure. So he, he, we're, I'm like pulling on his shirt. He's like pulling on my hoodie. And I'm like, all right, I'll let him, I'll let him take my hoodie off if that means I get to run away. <laughs> like, <laughs> so he like, tr- he is like trying to like, he was trying to use the hoodie like you would use uh, a hockey jersey in a hockey fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was trying to pull the hockey, uh, pull the hoodie up over my head, and push me down the stairs <laughs> it, because he was having a mental health episode. Sure. And I, I, no, I was like, no, no, you can have the hoodie. Cool, take the hoodie. So I, I take the the hoodie off. So now I'm bare chested in pajama pants and flip flops <laughs> outside at two o'clock in the morning. And after like he rips the hoodie off. He says, oh, I am tired. And he calmly walks down the flight of stairs and sits in the stairwell and like collapses. Oof. So uh, he has he still has the hoodie. Lit. So now I'm running. <laughs> I turn and like start slowly backing away from the situation. And then when I get about 25 feet away, I start running. I run back to where my phone was. I find my phone. Call the police again. I flag down a police officer. I try to flag down um, a- another motorist. And I'm like, look, this is what happened. And he's looking at me like I'm absolutely insane because I'm bare chested in pajamas. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and I, I'm like, look, I understand how this looks. You got to help me out. Like, there's a guy over there like 50 feet away down that stairwell who just tried to beat the crap out of me for absolutely no reason. Fly down a police officer. He's like, yeah, I think I heard something about this call. I'm like, yes, you certainly did. <laughs> and they're like, where is he? I'm like, he's, he's over there down the stairwell. I'm like, okay, thanks. So they ended up um, taking the guy in to the hospital. I w- ran back to my house the police were there taking a police report from the other two roommates. Um, we went 
to get a restraining order overnight that night. Ended up having to go to court the next day. Turns out if we had lied and said that one of us was having sex with him, <laughs> that uh, we could have gotten a restraining order. But because none of us were in a relationship with him, uh, none of, we, we couldn't legally keep him out of the house. <laughs> you just didn't want to take that bullet, huh? You know, thinking back, <laughs> I really should have. <laughs> I really should have. Um, but anyway, so then we, we ended up getting in touch with this guy's brother, and we made a deal with him. We're like, look, uh, we're not going to press criminal charges if you just get him out of here. And uh, he said, okay. So, um, yeah. A few months later, I got a text message from the guy. He's like, hey, I'm sorry that this happened. I ignored it. <laughs> and we've all gone on living our lives. But <laughs> that's the time I had a shoot stairs match uh, in on the streets of Baltimore. And, and to be clear, you won. He passed out due to exhaustion. That's a win for you. <laughs> I didn't land any offense, though. Like I chose, hey. I chose not to do any moves. <laughs> you, but you fought defensively, and it's, it's this is kind of like that. Uh, who's the, the guy who fought King, Kimbo Slice and almost died? Uh, Dada. Yes, Dada five thousand. Five thousand. Yeah. Where, where they just didn't really hit each other at all, but then Dada just collapsed. He really hit me, though. I got the photos of my bruises to prove it. Yeah, I'm just saying, um, you won by knockout. That's a, that's a knockout for you. That's a he could no longer continue. That means you win. the The most damage I said I had like a like a baseball sized bruise on my right shoulder, and I had like a grapefruit sized bruise on my back. Uh, aside from that, hey, could have been much worse. Say, could have <laughs> been the other guy who lost his stairs match. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't lose my keys and I didn't lose my teeth. So that's right. Let's we'll call those victories. Anyway, so that's my side of that story being uh, texting you the next day asking if you wanted to record a show that night, <laughs> and you telling me I was attacked yesterday. So no, I don't want to record a wrestling <laughs> podcast tonight. Anyway, <laughs> I'd like to thank my wife for saving my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, yes, well, that was that was just such a great story, and we did tell it once before on this show, but I thought it was it's been a while, and with the anniversary of the original Steel Stairs match yeah. coming up upon us, I thought it was worth retelling. You know, I didn't, I don't remember if I mentioned that when he kicked my door open or threw my door open, he uh, said something in in Russian. <laughs> I don't know. That was that was quite creepy. And then he got down on his knees like he was praying and said something in Russian. And Oof. I'm like, this is like horror movie stuff. It's happening right here, right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but everybody, uh, to the best of my knowledge, is still alive. So that's good. Hey, just, just hey, PSA. Take your medicine, folks. If it's prescribed by a doctor, you should take it. And, you know, maybe do background checks on potential roommates. <laughs> That's what I learned from the situation. I was like, you know what, the situation, I should never have been in that situation. Like, I was acting as a landlord for the landlord. <laughs> like, mm. the, la the landlord really should have been vetting people. And I was just doing it because I wanted a cheap place to live. And sure. It, anyway. Sometimes you get what you pay for.
Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes you get in a steel stairs match. Sure. All right. Wrestle Kingdom card was announced this week. Top matches we've known for a long time. Okada and Jay White. That feels like the biggest match to me. Not Omega and Tana uh, for the IWGP title. Um, what else am I missing here? Jericho and Naito. Uh, Cody and Juice. Uh, Osprey Os- and Coda. Yeah, that thing's going to be crazy. Yeah. Um, Wrestle Kingdom, uh, Ishii and Saber. Holy crap. Oh, yeah, that's going to be good. Ishii might be my favorite wrestler. You know, at, at very I, least in New Japan. He's so good. I, you know, I was doing, uh, we've been doing some polls on our Twitter. Uh, make sure to head at the TW underscore podcast as we are prepping for our end of the year show. And I started looking back over just like my, some tweets and like searching certain keywords to, remember what my personal fa- some of my personal favorite stuff and i just was reminded of the run Ishii had in the G1 this year and the match with omega the match with Ibushi, ma- even the match with like goto was really good it's like yeah that guy's guy just does nothing but have great matches with everybody yeah Ishii is uh Ishii's great Russell kingdom shaping up to be great um we got a couple more uh young bucks just added to the to the tag title match. Do you match. remember about a month ago when I asked you what the odds were that at the end of the World Tag League that it would just end up being a three-way? I, I do, and I don't remember my answer. I think you said you didn't think so. <laughs> but yeah. it does prove us right, is that one of us is always right. That's true. It's nice. Most it's of nice. the time we're both right, but yeah. at least one of us is always right. Yeah. Yeah, so the last month of my life that I spent like getting up at three in the morning or staying up till <laughs> staying up till seven in the morning to uh, write about this tag tournament uh, rendered useless because the box are just added to the match anyway but sure it's, it's good, not you know. just wwe that ruins dips that's right could could be a swan song for omega and the bucks could be they might still work in new japan who knows yeah I'm, i wonder if they know yet all right i wonder if they do there's plans for all in too yes there yeah. are um, May or September, Las Vegas, <laughs> not Chicago again, uh, Las Vegas, and the scoops are that that's uh, coming from the uh, the Jaguars family that requested that uh, Vegas be the town. Oh, well, there you go. Interesting. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. We'll, ha- we'll have to see whether or not family man Chris Irvine is involved. <laughs> Well, it'll sure be interesting what that uh, joint New Japan ROH MSG show is going to look like if the Bucks and Omega aren't on that show, huh? Indeed. I mean, I think you'll do okay if you know you put Okada and Tanahashi on that thing. Oh, sure. I mean, but, I, I, it's. I mean, it already sold out, so <laughs> I guess I think, they don't have to worry. But I, I think it's sold out though, with people expecting those guys there or just assuming that those guys are going to be there. And yes. I don't think any of those guys are going to be there. <laughs> yes, I agree. I mean, they some of them have point blank said, "I'm not on that show." So yeah, yeah. All right, so we got well a couple more New Japan shows this weekend, and then uh, they're off till uh, right before the Tokyo Dome and the Tokyo Dome. So uh, TLC this weekend as well. <laughs> and uh, is there anything else that we need to cover that we haven't yet? Uh, I guess just as we're as we're wrapping up here, we can mention the deaths of. Dynamite Kid and Larry Hennig. Uh, I don't think either. Don't have a ton to say. Yeah. But uh, obviously, both were in, in, influential in, 
in many ways and you know best wishes to their family dynamite kid had a very uh <clears throat> dubious reputation in his personal life but obviously you can't deny his impact on modern professional wrestling so both good both good and bad like yeah the the style the entire you know The style that's worked by the majority of guys that has been worked by the majority of guys that are under five foot ten for the last thirty years, yeah, <laughs> thirty five years, is you know was pioneered by the Dynamite Kid. Same time, we also got Chris Benoit and CTE, yes, uh, because Eddie of Dynamite Guerrero, Kid. yeah, guys who are five ten trying to be main eventers, yeah, bulking up to two hundred fifty pounds, yeah. <laughs> So it's a very, yeah, that's a complicated legacy for Dynamite, but obviously, you know, you don't want to see a guy dying at 60. That's No, and obviously he still had connections. I know Davey Boy Smith Jr. posted a very nice tribute to him and yeah. Brett, Brett as well. So I know he was very influential to, you know, to them and they still cared for him. So, yeah, it's, that's a shame. There's a great story on the Piper DVD that WWE put out like 12, 13 years ago about Larry Hennig. Uh Piper claims on the DVD that he had his first match with Larry Hennig. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know whether that's true or not, but the story is pretty funny. <laughs> and the way the Piper told it was pretty funny. So uh, check out that 13-year-old DVD. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Anything else? No, I think that's, uh, that's wrapping it up. All right. Good times. Time for me to walk the dog. All right. Until so, next time, everybody. Hey, uh, plug, the, plug the Twitter polls again. Yes, head to TWL underscore podcast. You can also search. There's various hashtags. My hashtag best of 2018. I'm sure I'm not the only person using that hashtag. But if you just go, just head to the Twitter, the main Twitter page. I'm posting and retweeting those posts a lot. So you'll definitely see them. Just make sure you're following us at TWL underscore podcast. And our first show of 2019 We'll be recapping what we thought, but more importantly, what you, the listener, and our Twitter followers thought were the best wrestlers, promos, matches, events of the year. So definitely uh, get involved and uh, join the conversation. Lock your bedroom door tonight. <laughs> Take your medicine. Until, until next time at Meetham. And I'm Liam. We'll be back next week. More stories from the wrestling life. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life. 
part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. Harold Reynolds. <laughs> so I have I happened to flip on the MLB network today. I've uh, had my part time hours cut. I don't even know how that's a thing. But <laughs> anyway, I'm working like eleven and a half hours this week, so time to find another part time job, I guess. But uh, uh-huh. uh so I flipped on I'm home during the day. Well, I gotta work tomorrow and Thursday, but anyway, I was home during the day today. And ended up watching the MLB Network, and they're at the winter meetings where a whole bunch of nothing is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but the MLB Network is there live because uh, you know they can get a bunch of guests, and it's cheap live programming all week. Sure. And I mean, you pay those analysts all winter either way, so you might as well put them on TV. Right, makes sense. You got to have something for Matt Vasquez to do. Right. So, by the way, he needs better representation. <laughs> <laughs> He's the voice of Sunday Night Baseball. He should not have to work a day job on MLB Network. (laughs) He's been in this game for a long time, by the way. It's true. He's the XFL announcer. He said on the the, the show today that he's in his 50s. And I'm like, how is that possible? Good for him. (laughs) I, I I didn't fact check that, but anyway. So he's doing the show with Harold Reynolds <laughs> this morning where it's like three hours of them, those two sitting at a desk and occasionally they have guests drop by. Otherwise, it's them talking over highlights and talking about rumors and stuff. Right. So more than once, they're coming back from a break and Matt Fesgersian goes, uh, Harold, we're back on television now. <laughs> <laughs> Harold... And Harold's just like, hey, hey, Joe, what's going on, man? Hey, you want to stop over? The, they got a buffet over at the Caesars. You, know, you want to slide down? And Matt's like, hey, Har- Harold, we're back on live television now. And, and then Harold keeps like yammering. And Matt's like, Harold, I'm trying to get through this. Can you just can you can you let me get through this? We're back on TV. That's <laughs> it's incredible. Just, it's like the most unprofessional broadcast ever. And then, you know, they had the Chris Rose and Kevin Millar show later in the day. Uh-huh. I watched Moneyball in between, by the way. Uh, 2011 called and said that's a great movie. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so, and Kevin Millar, you know, is just a cartoon character. Like, I don't particularly care for his shtick, but it's not, like, offensively bad shtick. Like, no. if you like Kevin Millar, cool. You know, I, th- I he's a decent enough guy, whatever. Yeah. He's not as overtly problematic. He- he turned an incredibly mediocre baseball career into a very, I'm sure, you know, decently lucrative job post, you know, post his playing days. So good for yeah. him. And and we know he's not as at least overtly problematic as Kurt Schilling. So. Correct. 
He's got that going for him. He gets invited to, right. to Fenway Park. Right. Right. So Malar's there doing his shtick, and Chris Rose is his host. Chris Rose used to work for ESPN. He used to work for Fox. Now he, he does like NFL Network highlight shows on Sundays during the games. And he does a daily show on MLB Network with Kevin Millar. <laughs> and he's dressed like he's at a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> Not even at someone else's barbecue. Like a barbecue that he's hosting and cooking for in his own backyard. <laughs> Look, I understand. You know, everybody hit the, you know, hit the sauce a little hard last night in Vegas <laughs> for the winter meetings. But sure. good Lord. <laughs> I mean... You know, at least wear a. I mean, Robert Flores, who I don't think is especially talented, but big WWE guy, uh, sure. was on the was on the morning show, and he was there in a full three in a, in a full suit. Uh, I respect that. Yeah, I mean, you're a, you're a TV host, right? Shouldn't there right. be like a bare minimum of like a dress code? Right, business casual, like like right. Best version and Reynolds weren't wearing ties, but you know they didn't also look like they were at a barbecue. Right, I don't know. Um, at least wear like an MLB Network polo or something. Some yes. khakis. Perfect. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Nice khakis. So <laughs> you have a Harold Reynolds uh, story that uh, came to mind. Yes, the Harold Reynolds story I always remember is when he was doing uh, color commentary with <laughs> Joe Buck, and Joe Buck and him clearly hated each other. Actually, yes. I'm not even sure that's fair. I think Joe Buck hated him. I'm not sure Harold is self-aware enough. <laughs> to realize yeah. when other people hate him <laughs> but they're doing i think it was might have been the did they do an all-star game in fenway a couple years ago um uh, last last time there was an all-star game there i think was in 99 so okay. i don't think i don't think they would have gotten one that quickly okay again. so it must have just been like a, a saturday baseball game or something but yeah they're talking about like the green monster and, <laughs> and, and Aaron Reynolds goes Hey Joe, I think people are like are allowed to like go in there and walk around. <laughs> Joe goes, "Yeah, they have." You ever been in there, Joe? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have. Oh, we'll have to go next time. <laughs> Joe says nothing. <laughs> Moves on to talking about the game. <laughs> they, I think that was a three-man booth with Tom Verducci, or at least I, I believe you're correct. Yes, there, there, and Verducci, like again. I'm not offended by him. He's not my cup of tea, but I generally think he adds to the broadcast rather than detracts from them. <laughs> just mm. generally speaking, but like Verducci and Buck would be like telling stories about the players and talking about the, and Harold would like have to have basic concepts about baseball. Like, <laughs> like the idea of a hit and run <laughs> Explain to him. And he would respond with childlike awe and wonder <laughs> as if you were just this is a man that had like a 10-year major league career correct <laughs> and he had to have like the simplest baseball concepts explained to him and he <laughs> and he sincerely and earnestly learned them <laughs> with and he appreciated all... learning them. Yeah. yes yes his friends joe and tom <laughs> yes. were teaching him about baseball yes <laughs> um I... She suffered a psychotic break, Lex. <laughs> I cannot stop laughing. I cannot explain. <laughs> well, you see, my brothers and I have this inside shtick about <laughs> John Glover, who's from Baltimore, by the way. Uh, <laughs> good Lord. It doesn't make a bit of sense to anyone else on the planet. I did find out tonight, though, that um, it's small, Smallville's on Hulu. God said it, I love. 
Acciare chi bon, chi benon.